Chris Chow's. Welcome back to the show, man. We got Chris, we got Jake in the house tonight because you know what, man? The NFL draft is kicking off soon, fellas. We're going to be doing that live stream. I am so excited. What's going on? Uh, yeah, super pumped. Plus, plus, we have something to announce to the people. We have a giveaway on the podcast Ooh. for the first time ever. 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 Oh. ever, ever. We've never done one on the. We do them on YouTube pretty regularly, like almost weekly, but. Uh, on the audio podcast, no. So we, we wanted to make sure we brought something special to the people here on the audio side as well. And, I mean, are we going to give a little hint of what it is? Because we've seen what the giveaway is, and it's pretty freaking sweet. I think it's best if they just use their imagination and just do what we ask them to do instead. Nice. Perfect. I, di- I dig it. You like it? So okay, I've, I'll- I've tried that before, and it doesn't always work out. doesn't <laughs> always work. All right. Well, I guess I'll give like a, a quick hint here. So this was actually an idea that came up from Mr. Chris Kennedy himself. So we went ahead and looked into it and ended up getting one. We have ourselves a custom-made JBL Bluetooth speaker that is decked out in the headliner's logo. So now you can take Ooh. a speaker on the road with you, wherever you may be, and you can listen to this amazing podcast from this amazing Bluetooth speaker right here. And it's super easy. The only thing that you got to do is just help us grow the, grow the podcast by, by leaving a five-star review and rating and then sending us a screenshot of that because some platforms are pretty stupid and doesn't let us know who does what. So mm. in order to make sure everybody can get entered, you can either tag me, Chris Kennedy, Chris Chow, somebody on Twitter, send it to info at the fantasy headliners.com, which is a screenshot of that five-star review. And if you can help us grow the, uh, the show here, you'll be entered in to win this speaker. It's pretty sick, y'all. I'm telling you, I'm going to, I'm going to take that thing. If you guys don't want it, I'm serious. I mean, you can't have it. Everything that Jake tries to give away, you try to steal. I'm going to steal. (laughs) What's crazy about it is like when I first thought, I was like, man, I don't know. Like, is it going to turn out as good as it? Cause you ever notice, like, even like with fast food and restaurants, you see the sandwich or you see the picture and then you actually get the damn thing. And it's like, it doesn't look anything like it. I'm like, it looks pretty good online. I can't imagine it's going to turn out that well. I'll be damn. Okay. It came out pretty damn good. It, it, it's pretty sweet. Honestly, it's a $145 speaker. So it's not like some little thing you put on your keychain. It's it's a nice looking speaker. Yeah, man. It's not yeah. like you go to the McDonald's and you, they give you the floppy meat when the picture shows like Whoa. it's supposed to be. Yeah, I know what I'm saying, but it's not floppy meat, baby. It's a good one. I'm telling you. I don't know what McDonald's firm. you're going to. Yeah, man. that's not the McDonald's I'm ever going to. <laughs> I've never Damn looked. At, I've never gone to McDonald's. I keep going like, to the wrong floppy. place. Damn it. I keep going to the wrong place, man. No wonder they lock me out every time. You're going somewhere that's got floppy meat. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be ordering food there. It's got problems. I got problems, apparently, but I don't know what's going on. But hey, man, you guys want to talk some football? Because we got a blockbuster trade, if you guys didn't see. And it involved your New England Patriots, uh, Chris, man. I'm sorry. Let's let's, let's, let's settle down the blockbuster. (laughs) Blockbuster, man. We got to get some hype in here because it was a trade between the Houston Houston Texans. I almost said the Oilers. Oilers. What decade I am tired today, but hey, whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about, man. It was draft picks. You stole my mojo. It was a shitty trade. Anyway, man, pick 183 and 245 going to New England to Houston for 170. Like, why even bother? I don't understand. it, you know what it is? It's it's New England just keeping up a rapport and a relationship with their former employees, i.e. Nick Casario. You know, it's just them of just, you know, they, you know what? Hey, we're going to grease the wheels for you. You scratch our back. We'll scratch yours. Here's a fifth round pick. Oh, so we've literally gone to floppy meat to scratching each other's things. I, I'm 
I don't, I mean, I get it. I understand. I, to a certain extent, I don't, the timing of it and stuff, whatever. Like, I don't think it really affects much of anything. No, it doesn't. No. Except for you're scratching, you're scratching floppy meat sometimes yep. because, you know, it, it itches, but you got to go to manscaped.com. That's worth a five-star review right there. Right there, man. At manscaped.com. You go to manscaped.com. That's right. <laughs> I love it. They'll hook you guys up with That's right. clean, Code word clean it off. 20% yeah. off and free shipping. Hint, hint. Clean it up, man. You won't have floppy anything anymore. But, hey, I saw something that was interesting. It was Alvin Kamara. We know that he got busted on that felony charge back by the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, and I haven't heard anything since. And, obviously, it was going through the litigation, whatever they were doing. It's been pushed back to August 1st because they're saying that his lawyers are obviously trying their due diligence to keep this out as long as possible. But, I mean, this is kind of concerning around August 1st if there's no resolution. We know the NFL is going to, like, kind of how they did the Deshaun Watson deal. looks like they're not even going to use the commissioner's exempt list anymore until the entire legal proceedings are done. But, I mean, August 1st, so say they do get this settled within the month or two, are we concerned a little bit about Alvin Kamara's status for the upcoming season, potential suspension at any given time? I mean, me personally, he's already like on my, if I had a do not draft list, it would basically have Alvin Kamara's name on it already, just because I don't want to deal with that headache. Like, do, do we want to draft Alvin Kamara? And then all of a sudden, three or four weeks in, all of a sudden the news starts coming back up and I got to scramble and deal with things. It'd be different if you could look at the Saints and be like, hey, listen, this is a contending team and a high powered offense and Kamara's going to be the main. No, it's not. It's not what it's going to be in New Orleans. And I personally, I tell everybody not to ever have a do not draft list because everybody has a price, but the price that you're going to have to pay before you really know the news for Alvin Kamara, I'm not going to be wanting to pay that here in 2022. Yeah. And I mean, as far as, you know, being concerned, I mean, even from like, you know, a football standpoint with the Saints, yeah, they're not going to be a super contender in the NFC South. Um, I don't, I mean, is it going to hurt them to start the season? If he is suspended, say six games. Sure. But they have a serviceable running back and Mark Ingram behind him. So yes, it's going to hurt them a little bit. I think when they, when you're looking at the draft, I mean, there are so many different areas that they can go into with the two first round picks that they have, they can go offensive line. They can go wide receiver. Um, I mean, they have a bunch of different needs running back. Isn't one of them at this point, but I think with Mark Ingram, he's going to fill a void where, yeah, it's not going to help out with the receiving aspect that Kamara gives you, but at least that way you're not going to be hurting in the running game that much. I yeah, could totally see them hedging their bets though, man. I and draft a running back at some point just because Ingram is on the way out. Anyway, we know this. And I mean, it's time to start, you know, revamping the cupboards, so to speak at the running back position and then hedge your bets just in case Alvin does go down. Cause I mean, what did Zeke get suspended for? Remember it was what three games, four games. So, I mean, what is this? This felony battery causing bodily harm. So, I mean, that's that's not a small charge, man. If you think about it, obviously they're going to get it cut down and I don't foresee Alvin, you know, seeing any jail time, but uh, if he does get even innocent, I mean, I wonder if he'll still see a one, two game just because of personal conduct. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if I had to guess the way the NFL handles things, things may just keep continuing to get postponed and postponed and nothing really happens this year, but I don't even want to take that chance. I mean, plus, Look at the, the big loss on the offensive line for the Saints. They lost Taron Armstead. That's not like this, you know, a nobody on the offensive line. Still a solid unit overall, but you got Jameis Winston coming back. Taysom Hill is now a tight end, I guess. It's just a – can we really count on Michael Thomas? I mean, Michael Thomas has basically given that organization the finger for two years, and now we're reliant on the guy. I just There's just too much in the air. I'm, I am not interested right now. 
Yeah. And if, if New Orleans does decide they want to kind of hedge their bets, take a running back, second round probably would be the place to do it because, you know, I don't think Brees Hall will be there, but someone like a Kenny Gainwell would certainly be there around pick 49, you know, pick 50 in the second round. So, I mean, that's certainly a way that they could go. I don't think it's, it's certainly a need. I think it'd be more of a reach, but th- if they're going to do it, second round would probably be the place to do it. You meant Kenny Walker. It had to be because Gainwell's yes. already Sorry. eagle unless they, tra- yes. unless they trade him. Sorry. Sorry. Kenneth Walker, the third. I, I just, I'm, I am just trying to help, man, just in case because people are going to be like, Kenny Gainwell went back in the draft because he didn't yeah. like to play for Philly. I wouldn't blame him. I mean, I, I, I probably would have done the same thing. So, yeah. I mean, listen, I don't want to deal with Nick Sirianni and this crap. Like, you got to yeah, put man. me somewhere else. Well, that's like what's happening with Jalen Rager right now. I mean, if we sidestep that Alvin Kamara thing, oh. Jalen Rager, they're fielding calls on Jalen Rager. And who is calling? I just, nobody is calling outside of saying, hey, man, I got a six round pick like New England just gave Houston. And even that might be generous. Maybe. I mean, honestly, and here's the thing, because I know I liked Rager coming into the draft. I think he was going to be the second coming here. Absolutely not. But he, I definitely expected more than what we've seen so far from Jalen Rager. I think if Jalen Rager's in the right situation, that maybe he's a little bit more productive. I don't think he ever gets to that type of, you know, huge role on an offense. But if he could find like a contending team with an above average, you know, quarterback, Jalen Rager is somebody who could kind of put up, I don't know, like Miko Hardman numbers from the past. You know, nothing where he's the number one guy. He's really not the number two option, but he can make a big play every once in a while. Like that's kind of what he is. But the offense that they have in Philadelphia isn't very conducive to him. I mean, with Jalen Hurts back there, I don't hate Jalen Hurts, but they don't throw the ball a whole lot. And a lot of that has to do with Jalen Hurts, you know, trying to limit those those mistakes that he makes, give him a little bit, you know, less pressure. He runs the ball a lot. They utilize the, the running backs in the backfield a lot. I don't hate Jalen Rager if he goes to the right situation. I don't know if there's too many situations out there that really make a whole lot of sense, though. If I'm the San Francisco 49ers and I know Debo Samuel wants out, I'm calling Philly. That would I'm, make sense. I'm, and I'm thinking Jalen Rager, a first round pick, something else included. I think that yep. would be a really nice fresh start for someone like Rager. No, I still I still like Rager, man. I mean, mm-hmm. okay, you know, we've seen players go to shitty situations in their career just like derails. And I think that's kind of what happened here. He lost his confidence based on, you know, the lack of not only lack of opportunity, but, you know, the drops that he had that were pretty horrible. I mean, that one game we saw last year, what that over the shoulder completely hit him in the head, like and then the one in the end zone went right through his his mitts. And I mean, he needs this is a player that desperately requires a fresh start. And I think if he does get that, I'm still on board. It's only going to be year three. And we know that how many wide receivers in a developmental type of stage need year three to be their breakout. Will I say that he will break out? Say if he went to, I don't know, San Fran, Green Bay, for example, playing with a better quarterback, who knows? But I think that the opportunity would definitely be there for him to be that much better than what he has been, because I think he actually is a receiver in this league that could do 55, 750 and six touchdowns. I I truly believe he is. Now, do we think that maybe because Nelson Aguilar left Philly to go to New England, Rager was like, I need to fill that void of dropping the most passes in the league. Possible. Okay, I'm just thinking. What What about... <laughs> what about... Ouch, what about Cleveland? What about Cleveland with Rager as the slot guy? Don't hate it. I wouldn't Maybe. mind it, unless yeah. unless they decide to bring back someone like Jarvis Landry. Exactly, then know? it doesn't make sense. But, but, yeah, but, right. if, but if no, I think Rager in the slot would be just fine. And he'd be a cheap option for them to go out there. It wouldn't cost a whole lot to bring yep. him in and just see what happens with Deshaun Watson. Like that's the kind of, that's the kind of situation I think he needs. Cause like 
like Chow's just said, I, I, I still believe in Jalen Rager. I don't think he's a top 12 guy in the NFL, but he could definitely Probably find a role with a certain franchise somewhere and still be productive. And that's the thing. They I, misuse him, man. A like, lot. Because what, in college, they used him all over the field because he does got contested catch ability. Philly's like trying to think they can utilize him like that in, in the pros. I don't think he's that built for the pros like that. Yeah, he's got hops. Yeah, he can jump over defensive backs. Use him in that slot. Use him in that Debo type of role. He's kind of built like that. I think my, my comp coming out of college for him was like a lesser Debo. Use him like that. I think he would be very successful that way. What about the Chicago yeah. Bears? Don't hate it. No, I think they got tried. Darnell I mean, Mooney, and that's about it. Yeah, I'd, I'd send a flyer, fifth round, fourth round pick. Exactly, and I think I would too if I'm one of these wide receiver needy teams. Instead of spending an early round pick on a rookie wide receiver, unless somebody's like crazy high on your board, just take a stab on somebody like Rager a little bit later. Yep, I like it. I like it, man. But we got more trade activity. It is smokescreen bullshit talk season because the NFL draft is right around the corner. We are what one, two days away from the draft, and Darren Waller's name came up. And and this was very strange to me. The Packers just did a deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. And I mean, why would you entertain if you're both sides? I, I still don't understand this. The the rumor, if you guys don't know, was Darren Waller traded to Green Bay for pick compensation. And, and I still don't understand because when, number one, when does Aaron Rodgers utilize a tight end? We haven't seen it since Jermichael Finley was in the league. He just doesn't throw to the tight end whatsoever. I get it. You got a wide receiver problem now in Green Bay. Is Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb and company. Like, that's not your... Aaron Rodgers prototypical. So maybe you're trying to be like, okay, we'll bring in a guy like Darren Waller kind of mask our inadequacy that way. This guy can now be a red zone threat, et cetera. And then we see the Vegas Raiders refute that and say, no, he's not going anywhere. This is just all, you know, bullshit. But I mean, what do you guys think about this? It's got to be smokescreen. It has to be. This would make no sense from a Raiders perspective. Why are you going to extend and pay car? Why are you going to go after Devonte Adams in a division that is full of crazy talent? And then you're going to give away one of your top receiving options. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like I don't, I don't get that. Like that wouldn't make any logical sense to me. I, I don't know. I, that's gotta be a smoke screen. It's gotta be hearsay. It's gotta be some type of, you know, somebody's desperate for some clicks out there somewhere that they had to start a, a rumor like this. Cause I don't, I don't see this making sense for the Raiders at all. No, I mean, absolutely not. I mean, especially where Waller still has another year. He signed through 2023. They're most likely going to sign him to an extension, you know, at some point, because after 2023 come 2024, the Raiders are going to have a boatload of cap space. So they're going to have the money to resign him if they want to, um, and again, to, to move on from your now number two receiver, it doesn't make sense at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't be sleeping on Hunter third and Renfro over there. <laughs> Come on now. Third and Renfro, baby. He's third wide and, receiver two. Third and Renfro. I like that. I haven't heard like, that one yet. Never heard of third and Renfro. Oh, dude. <laughs> no. Third down and Renfro, dude. You're going to get it. Like he just, Ren- he's going to find the sticks and, and get you the first down. Where the hell See, have I been that I haven't even heard that one? That's that, that sounds like that sounds like a t-shirt that Viridian needs to come out with like right Ooh. now. Uh, I don't know if it exists. I can't, t- I can't. It needs to. I do not claim <laughs> credit. There's a lot of things that I'll claim credit for when it comes to like nicknames. That was not me. I, I heard that somewhere else. Couldn't, do I know where? No. But third would, and would you tell him if you knew? No, probably no, not. I, no, I probably wouldn't say a word. <laughs> I'd probably act like I, I knew that it was me, but I have no idea. But it it makes sense because Hunter Renfro is the yeah. kind of guy on third down, no matter what you need, he finds a way to make it happen. 
Yeah, he's he's Wes Welker light. There's no kidding about that. Yeah, I mean, I just he's gonna I don't understand. He's gonna get paid. Mm. I agree. Yeah, he is. Just his route run ability is just unbelievable, man. I mean, and with the way the market is for wide receivers, oh, it may God. be overpaid, but he's going to be up there in the same. <laughs> so I mean, if many, Christian Kirk is making what? Well, he that's is, what I was just going to say. How many yeah. GMs want to you know go and assassinate Balky there, uh, Balake, because yeah. he he paid overpaid yeah. Christian Kirk, man. Like everyone else is like, hey, if Kirk's getting eighty four million, I want one hundred and fifty, baby. Yep. Pass it over. I would rather I would rather pay Hunter Renfro than Christian Kirk. That's just me. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would do that. If too. I had to yeah. pay $85 million somewhere and I had to choose it's, between Christian not Kirk be and Hunter Renfro, I'm going Hunter Renfro. Yeah, it's Renfro 100%. And I mean, and Kirk's more, an Arizona guy. Like, come on. I mean, that's yeah. like my own home state guy. He even went to high school there. I'm still not picking him. Yeah, exactly. Not happening. Sorry, Kirk. But I mean, whatever. He's wealthy. Maybe we'll just go over there and say, hey, you want to invest in the podcast a little bit there, Christian Kirk? Because you got a you know, couple extra bills you can send. Or, or we could talk to we could talk to Elon Musk. I mean, he did just buy Twitter. That and he still too, has two hundred and twenty yeah. billion dollars to spare. So I don't even need a billion. Just give me a mil. I just want a mil too, man. I'm good. Hell, I take a hundred grand. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't complain about that either. And some cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, from floppy meat. That's right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, we're might opening up. Like, maybe might have to make it two hundred thousand, and then from floppy meat. <laughs> we're gonna open up another restaurant, man. We did one. Uh, what was the other one we did uh, last week? I can't remember now, but. The New York Giants, man, the football Giants, there is talk. And I mean, they're talking a lot because they want to move up and down this board. We've seen their interest to move back from what pick number seven. And I, I don't know how they're trying to gauge this because and, and I'm of the opinion. So, I mean, we're going to break down Chris's mock draft soon. But I mean, I got my mock draft coming out on Headliner U tomorrow, my final one. But I mean, the New York Giants, I don't understand how they're trying to gauge the value for this pick number seven, because unless you have a run on quarterbacks, which I think we could see because everybody wants their franchise quarterback. We know this man, even the Jake locker, Christian ponder, there was three quarterbacks Whoa. in that first round. So, I mean this, they're saying that this, this quarterback class isn't as abundant as the Josh Allen class. Cause we've been spoiled, obviously, but these guys can ball. I mean, Willis, they're saying even what top eight arm in the NFL, even today, not even being on a team. And I can agree. It's a cannon, but they're talking. The Giants are talking a lot, saying Darius Slayton and Kadarius Tony are both on the block. They're receiving calls, not actively shopping, but they will receive calls on both these uh, their, these men's services. Do the Giants, are, are they going to be huge draft day players when it comes to picks and trade uh, players? Because I think they could be. I mean, could they be, but how much interest is there going to be in what they're offering? Like, that's my biggest thing is, okay, so Unless Kadarius, they give up the seventh uh, overall, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the Giants are just a team that, that have a lot of talent, but yet still have a lot of holes. And I don't know how that, I don't know how that works. Like, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Usually when a team struggles like the Giants, they find themselves at, you know, a disadvantage at a lot of positions that you there's a lot of great playmakers and there's a lot of good opportunity there for the giants. It just hasn't worked out. Maybe it does now with the new coaching staff. I, I don't know I, I, if it's me shopping the wide receivers. Okay. Like I don't think either one of those guys are going to be a difference maker for that franchise anytime soon. There's a lot of other needs. I, I don't, I just don't, I don't know if they get what they really want in return because they haven't really sold Kadarius Tony as some stand up guy. You know what I mean? So what do you, what do you go to somebody? Hey, can you take our problem away from us and give us something in return? Like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. You know I mean? Had that been something where Tony went out in his rookie year, 
balled out for more than what he did because he was always coming off the field. And maybe they had something they can kind of sell, but I just don't think they have a whole lot to, to really sell. They don't hold very many of the cards here. Now you can say on draft day, a lot of things can change because even in fantasy football, right? You do some stupid things when the clock is ticking and you can make some stupid decisions because you, you see that clock just ticking down. Could something happen last minute where a team needs to hop up and take a player that may have slid to them anyway? Possibly, but I don't, I just, I just can't see it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the Giants actually do in the draft because, I mean, they're on their, they're what, their third new GM, you know, over the last, you know, five years, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, Jerry Reese was a guy who was always just dead. He didn't care about positional need. His philosophy was best player available. Dave Gettleman didn't know technology if it hit him <laughs> in the back of the head. Yep. So, I mean, with, with him, yep. it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of, you know, best player available and then kind of team need, you know, if it happened to work out, you know, with the new GM, which they got from the Buffalo bills, uh, showing, yes, I'm not quite sure what his philosophy is, you know, on, on draft picks, as far as what his, you know, his game plan and strategy normally is Joust, Can you kind of give me an idea of what he usually looks for? It's going to be like Brandon Bean because he was joined at the hip. He was the assistant GM to Brandon Bean. So I'd be shocked if it isn't a very similar you know, formula where they will go more best player, but it also hits your needs. So they, they combine that very well in, in who they want at the position that can fit the system appropriately. Like Trey White, for example, was a draft pick of beans where everyone criticized because they said it was a reach, but he fit the bill system extremely well. And they turned him into one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. So, I mean, I, I, I like, uh, I like Sean. I think that he's going to do very well there. And that's why I would not be shocked to see him maneuver the board a little bit to get some futures as well as pick the best players that they require. I say, so I think what they could do then is I think their best move then would be moving from number five and moving down that way because they'll be able to get a little bit more in return. Cause at number seven, you can still get one of the top edge rushers, one of the, one of the top offensive tackles and potentially a cornerback as well. Either, either of those positions at number seven, while also accumulating some more picks if you move down from number five. So I think seven is a spot they should stay at five. You could, you could move if you need to. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I just, I'm not a Daniel Jones guy, so I don't know if it matters if they make any moves. If with Daniel Jones as the quarterback, I don't think they're going to be a contender. You know what I mean? Now, that may not be a problem that they have to address this year, but I think if they can stockpile some more picks, fill some more holes, maybe that's something they can look at next year. I mean, they honestly, I'd be fine if they were with Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor this year. I mean, they're not going to be a, a contender, I don't believe. No, and I think, I think that's what we're going to see this year is we're going to see them kind of ride it out with Daniel Jones and, and Tyrod this year. And then next year, you know, in the draft or free agency, whatever the case may be, that's when they go ahead and they address the quarterback situation, which is why I think this year, defense and offensive line is really kind of where they, they try to, you know, make their mark in the first and second round. Why, why would I feel like I wouldn't be shocked if, if Malik Willis is sitting there, they're going to go for him at five or seven. Why would I not be shocked? I don't think I'd be shocked either. It's funny. I, I, think it, it, I think it could happen. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. I was looking at a mock draft yesterday uh, from from Jason Braddock, uh, who's a big sports uh, fantasy personality in Houston, and he had Malik Willis mocked to the to the Giants. It was either at five or or seven. I can't remember which pick, but he had them going to he had him going to the Giants right there in the first round. And the similarity because Brian Dable is now your head coach. He wants that strong armed quarterback. He wants the mobile quarterback. Yes, Daniel Jones is mobile, but he's a uh, 
I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to cuss a player to be, you know, say they suck. But I mean, Daniel Jones, you know, you're not very good, bro. And I mean, can't hold on the ball. Yeah, <laughs> he can't hold on to the ball. And that's the other thing: you turn over the ball, you're not going to see the field, regardless. Like ask uh, Sam Darnold how that turnover problem works out for him. But Malik Willis to the New York Giants would be extremely interesting because you got a plethora of wide receivers. You still got Saquon. The defense isn't as bad. And I mean, James Bradbury's name has been floated out there as well as a potential trade candidate. And we know, like you're saying about the new general manager being from Bean, what did Bean do his first year in, in Buffalo is he shipped out Sammy Watkins and he shipped out uh, uh, for, uh, Ronald Darby. And and it's instantly understanding who which players will not fit your system and get them out, get some draft pick compensation and start building a team in your likeness, right? And when you, when you look at the free agents next year, that's not where they're going to be their future quarterback. I mean, if they don't get one in the draft now, they're not getting a free agency because all you got next year, as of right now, it's going to be Kyler Murray, which I think he's extended by then. Lamar right. Jackson's not going anywhere. Right. Uh, you got what? Baker Mayfield, technically. Jimmy G. I mean, there's a bunch of names that aren't really going to be upgrades that aren't going to be the future franchise. So you can't look at free agency in 2023. You're going to have to kind of look at the draft now or the draft next year. And I, I'm with you. I think if they're staring at Malik Willis, they just they just take that gamble. Uh, I I I don't know if I love that from Malik Willis though. I don't yeah, think that I mean, that excites me very much. Really, yeah, with Gable? I mean, well, it's obviously it's going to be a little bit of a project. It's going to take a year or two of development. But if sure. they do go with Willis at five, then I think you have to go offensive tackle at seven. I think you go nope. with with whether it's Neil Iquanu. I would actually argue for Charles Cross, who I think is the best pass blocking tackle in this draft. Mm. So either one of those guys at number seven will be available. And then you have someone right there to protect your franchise quarterback. Yeah, they would have to, because I, I just have a feeling that they would be pressured to go to Malik Willis a lot sooner in New York than maybe he would be pressured somewhere else. Sure. And, I and it. that's where I don't it's like a big it. market. Yeah, yep. yep. I, I get it. And then I, we've, we've seen what happens to young QBs that get pushed in before they're ready. So, yeah. I mean, and in, I get and it. in that that market, I don't yeah, know yeah. if that's the best thing. Would the would the fans cheer Malik Willis if it was drafted at five or seven? That's what I'm curious about. They just want him to throw touchdowns. I don't think they care. No, but on draft day, though, you know, they're they're going to come out in drones, man. No, no, what are you doing? We didn't want this guy. In. And I'm curious. I think Malik would actually be a fan favorite. I, I think the fans would love it. Yeah. And but then once the play started, it, yeah. it, it all depends. Like he'd literally need to go out there and and have a great year in order to not completely lose the fan base right off the bat. They've they first play interception. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go out there and he throws two or three picks in week one. Yeah. Dude is going to be, yeah. he's going to be hurting. You know what I mean? But I, I think that it's just a bad situation with the way that Daniel Jones has kind of turned out over the last few years. The fans are probably ready for something better, and if they don't immediately get it, they could just have that same bad taste in their mouth. And I would hate that from Malik Willis because I, I really think that kid has a future. If he can fall into a situation like a Trey Lance and sit for a year behind a seasoned vet, uh, I, I would love that for Malik Willis. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, Daniel Jones is not that seasoned vet that you want. I'd rather sit behind and watch Tyrod Taylor instead of Daniel Look, Jones. Me too, and I think Tyrod would be like, son of a bitch, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's I why go, I'm saying too. Yeah, First it was Baker, then it was Herbert. It. Now it's going to be the, yeah, I mean, the poor guy just can't get away from it. No, no he can't. Poor Tyrod. He, didn't, he does it with class always. I always love Tyrod. Well, he's getting paid. He's getting, but he's he's the he's the class act man. He's the team oh, he dude. Yeah. I love him. I love him. He's Tyrod's always got respect from Bills Mafia. That's for sure. It's funny you bring up Trey Lance because we we spoke on great detail on Debo last week. But Trey Lance, man, if you guys, okay, 
I don't get enough opportunities to pump my tires. I mean, maybe I do, but I'm going to take the opportunity when it comes. And here was one, because if you watch the great show that we love on this, uh, in this, uh, in the headliners room is I an athlete and they had George Kittle on and George Kittle. He went uh, as far as to suggest that his comp for uh, uh, Trey Lance was Josh Allen. And that instantly got my chub to rise and it knocked over a couple desks and pictures. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a second there, Mr. George. Your boy Chouse had it here first. Last offseason, during the draft process, my NFL comp for Trey Lance was uh, Josh Allen. And and I mean, for right purpose. Yes, okay, I'm pumping my tires. But you know what? Let's, let's talk about Trey Lance a little bit because... Yes, we wanted him to sit. I know, Chris, you really wanted him to sit the the year. You didn't want him to play very much. I wanted to see just a little bit more, but that's okay. I understood the learning. Does he get the chance this year? Because I already saw uh, GM Lynch come out and say, you know what? We could still go to Jimmy G because he is Mr. Reliable, because he is that guy that we can, you know, technically win with because it's ugly wins. Defense can help him, et cetera. I think it's time, man. You got to unleash the the shackles on Trey Lance because there comes a point where too much learning is going to inhibit what he can do potentially in the future. I think you got to just release him, let this young gunslinger go and learn on the fly now. Now, I have to make sure I clarify. Kittle also said that he has the potential of Josh Allen, the ceiling of Josh Allen, but he is not Josh Allen yet. Correct. Like, he has that potential Correct. to get to this the same style of play and Correct. I agree. I think the problem is, is you have a quarterback in San Francisco and Jimmy G that's taken him to the, what the, the NFC title game two out of the last three years. I mean, at what point has he not earned it either? Now the problem is, is he's just not the flashy guy and he's got the, the young studs sitting behind him, but you also have a limited window in the NFL to win ball games. And right now, the 49ers are still a pretty solid team, but they're not not—they're not the best team in that division. It's still going to be the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they're going to have to win double-digit games to get into the playoffs. They don't have the luxuries of like the, the Washington Commandos, as I want to call them, or the, the Giants. They, they can go out there and win nine games and make it to the playoffs. Like, that's not going to work in the NFC West. So I, I'm just I, – I can't see why they would be so quick to start Lance if Jimmy G is still on the roster. If they can find a suitor for Jimmy G, maybe it's on draft day, then I think obviously it makes a ton of sense. But with both of them there, what kind of message do you send to the locker room kind of that we're going to bench the starting quarterback who's taken us to so close to the Super Bowl two out of the last three years just to give the young kid a chance? I, I don't know. I just feel like that would that could do more harm than good if Lance were to come out and struggle out of the gate. I think, I think that you give him that opportunity. I mean, you drafted him that high. Um, yes, the 49ers got that close two out of three years. I don't necessarily think that it was because of Jimmy G. I mean, when you look back at the the Baltimore Ravens in 2000, you know, they had Trent Dilfer as their quarterback. Brad Johnson did the same thing with the Buccaneers. Um, I think Jimmy G is a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I do think that when you take somebody that high, like Trey Lance, with that much ability... I think you get him in there. You just give him the experience because that's what it's going to take for him. You know, coming from a, a school like North Dakota state, he didn't have a lot of, you know, game time experience, you know, especially at a higher level. I think he needs that in order to mature in order to become a better NFL quarterback. And if you have him sit for another season, I think you're just going to limit that, that opportunity for him. And, and then Jimmy so G becomes the highest paid backup quarterback ever. And I, mean, I think he could still, he could still be a starter somewhere. But I mean, that that ship is is starting to sail very quickly. 
Mm-hmm. And you kind of still keep it as your insurance policy, so to speak, if if something like Lance and I, and I hate doing this. This is where the conundrum happens for me, because if you decide to go with Lance on day one, let's just say week one, day one starter and and he struggles. And how long do you go with the struggle if it continues? So four games, five games, because are are the 49ers willing to eat a season of mediocrity because they want to see what their young buck can do. And I think that's kind of where I'm on the fence. I want to see Trey Lance start myself as well, but I completely understand the argument to say, we have a good guy in the uh, game manager, let's say Alex Smith style or Trent Dilfer style that can win games based on not turning the ball over. We run the ball a lot, play good defense. Trey Lance isn't going to be that guy. He's going to be happy feet. He's going to be escaping the pocket. He's going to be like Lamar was his first year. He's going to be like Josh Allen was his first year, where he's going to throw some turnovers because he's going to try to test. You know, the arm strength is there. You know, he's going to try to fit in in tight windows, et cetera. You know, again, like I said, taking off and running more often than not. Maybe the fumbles increase. But, I mean, at what point? They're in a conundrum themselves. That's why they're talking the way they are, because I've heard also on numerous occasions the 49ers brass is saying – it's time we got to get Trey Lance out there and he's likely going to be the day one starter this season. But, and I get it. Do you want to win over growth or is it now growth over winning? Cause you're going to have some bumps in the road with Trey, especially since it's a contract year for Jimmy G. I mean, he's going to, no matter what you do, he's, he's gone next year. I mean, he's not going to stay there to be the backup. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so, you know, he's going to be gone. And I think what happens is the, the later this gets, I think the San Francisco 49ers will obviously take a lot less for him. I think, but they, I think that if their plan in the front office is to go to Trey Lance regardless to start the year, they got to ship Jimmy G. They just, they just, they got to, they got to let the kid know, hey, we're not going to pull you the second you make a mistake for Jimmy G. It's like we're going to completely give you the reins or not because I, I just, I can't. How many times have we seen that type of situation really work in the NFL? Young kid comes in, knows he's going to be. Look at Tua just a couple of years ago with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He couldn't ever hated that. I hated that, and like that doesn't help them the the growth of the the prospect either. I mean, because you know they're thinking about that man. If I go out there and I throw a pick, they're just going to bench me for Jimmy G. So right. I I feel like if they feel like that way about Trey Lance, that maybe on draft day we see Jimmy G move for a lot less than maybe what we had originally thought. Yeah, and I think that if Jimmy G isn't traded on, you know, during during the draft, then I do think Jimmy G starts the year as the starting quarterback. It would because, make sense. Like you said, he's got he's got one year left on his deal. And whatever the longer they wait, the less they're gonna get for him in return, you know? So and they're not gonna just cut him, you know, if, if he's still 31 years old. If they do cut him, I mean it's only hell, it's only what a million and a half in dead cap, and they save 25, 26 million dollars. So they um, still could they still could cut him. But I think, but I think at that point, I mean, why not just try to get a fourth yeah, get round, a fifth, get a fourth or fifth, you know, get, 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 get something, <laughs> sure. you know? Right. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when the new England Patriots missed the boat on trading Stefan Gilmore when they should have. And instead <laughs> they finally did and got next to nothing for him because yeah. that was their last, last resort. It's a lot easier to replace Jimmy G if he comes out and struggles or gets hurt. Cause then you can bring in Trey Lance and he can never give the job back right, to me. Right. That's a lot more quote unquote acceptable than just benching the guy to start the season when he's perfectly healthy after what he's done. So they're going to pull a tie rod and puncture his lung. Exactly. Get her, get Trey in. They're they're going to call in the chargers doctor and be like, Hey, come help us out for a day. It'll be breaking news. The San Francisco 49ers just signed the doctor of punctured lung. Yeah. (laughs) 
oh, on man. a one-day contract. Yep. <laughs> First day of training camp, one-day contract. Speaking of sadness, though, I, I feel for this guy, man. And, I mean, I was never a huge Chris Carson supporter, but I liked his game overall, especially when they started utilizing him in the past game. I thought that, you know, he was very much not utilized the way he should have been in Seattle. Shame on you, head coach. I forget your name. You're like a 1,000 years P. old. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, thank you. I mean, you didn't use him the way he should have been, damn it. And now Chris Carson's status remains unclear with that neck. He could be done with football. And he may never see the field again. And if I'm Chris Carson, health reasons, I think it is time to just say, hey, you know, it's been real. It's been fun. It sucks because, I mean, your health is more important. I mean, if you get another shot to that neck, man, paralyzation could be happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, with Chris Carson, I mean, I was a huge fan. Of, you know, going into the last season, I remember he was – one of my sleeper picks, you know, someone that I thought would be great as an RB2. Main concern, though, injuries. Injuries have always been, you know, there for him, unfortunately. And great talent. But like you said, he just wasn't used the right way. The injuries are piling up. And when it comes to something, you know, with, with your neck, you know, when it comes to being a spinal issue, you know, cervical, it, it's time to think about health before anything else and the rest of your life. I mean, you, you did just fine as a football player. You made, you made your money. Now start thinking about your health. The sucky part about that, though, is he never made it to his big first big contract. I know, I know, it sucks. What, so uh, got, what, what, what was his money that he made? He's made for his career nine point four. Yeah. Now that's all he's made. He because I mean his base salary this year is only a million dollars. That was last year, a million dollars, and then a four and a half signing bonus for last year. I mean, he's just not. Still, it sucks because you look at a guy yeah. that's had over thirteen hundred yards two times in his career, total yards twice in his career, nine touchdowns in three seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the style of play of Chris Carson. It, it just didn't at times make a lot of sense in Seattle, how he was, what his role was and how it kind of changed and how, Oh, now he's a pass catcher. And oh, now he doesn't catch passes. Now we're just going to run him between the tackle with no offensive line 30 times. It's like, right. there was no, it, it wasn't like Marshawn Lynch left and Chris Carson just adopted a role. It totally changed every single year. I hate to see it. I think it probably is best for him to step away from a, a lifestyle perspective because I'm sorry, I don't think – I mean, I guess you could get you know paralyzed. You get injured on any play on any game regardless of your health. But I think you're kind of tempting fate a little bit there when you're dealing with those type of injuries just to start the season. It's not a great situation in Seattle anyway. You're not a Super Bowl contender. You're not – you know, playing for anything out there. You can say that he wants another big contract, but he's not going to get it because the injury history, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I hate to see it for Chris Carson. Yeah, it sucks. I am saddened for the man because it's always nice to see, you know, players go out on their own terms, not because they're forced to. And I'm speaking for my own self too. I don't like being forced to do nothing. So anyway, we'll move on because we got the NFL draft, baby. It is coming up. Like I said, we're recording on Tuesday. The show will drop Wednesday. So it is one day away when you guys are listening to this. And you know what? Chris wanted to do a mock draft. So we thought, you know, we will break down his mock draft. Why not? Because it's good fun. And we've all done one. So why not? Let's start off. I mean, I'll rhyme them off. You guys dissect as you please. And I will dissect too, because why not? Number one, Jacksonville Jaguars, baby. Chris has got Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall. And I mean, I think that's reasonable. (laughs) I can't really argue that one too much. I mean, if I want to get picky, I can say that an offensive lineman makes more sense to protect Trevor Lawrence, but they have needs everywhere. So it's not like they're not feeling a need with Hutchinson. Yeah, their their top two needs that I have right now are offensive tackle and edge rusher. And so I kind of was thinking, you know, 
We'll go best player available here. Hutchinson, I think, is the consensus pick. I know there's been a lot of talk about Trayvon Walker potentially, but I think Hutchinson is kind of just the the smart play here. I think, you know, saying Walker might just try to get them to get a biter to come and take the first pick so that they can gain some more. But I think Hutchinson is the guy as well. Yeah. Number two, the Detroit Lions. You got him going with KV on Thibodeau, our guy, Tibby. And that's interesting because, I mean, we did see some recent news saying that, you know, Detroit is enamored with him. Dallas is enamored with him. And I think uh, who else, man? We saw someone else that uh, was crazy about the Giants, maybe. Yeah, I'm still not completely off the bandwagon that Detroit does something crazy and get a quarterback at number two. I think that it it would not surprise me. I'll put it that way. It would not surprise me if they have to make something, some type of splashy move there at number two to put some butts in the seats in Detroit. I think Detroit can go because they have, they have number two. They also have the last pick in the first round. They could go in a lot of different directions here. They could go quarterback. They could go cornerback if they Mm. wanted to, you know, there are a lot of different areas that they could go here. I don't think edge rusher is one of their immediate needs, but I think with a, a player like Thibodeau, because he, he still has some development that he needs, you know, but for a team that's in a rebuilding process anyway, I think that he could kind of fit with that Dan Campbell and his defense wants to do. But I mean, you could, you could literally pick from three to four different positions here if you wanted to. And I mean, they, they struggled to get to the quarterback last year. So, you know, they need some help on that rushing the quarterback. I don't hate Tibby to Detroit and it would be interesting. They are kind of the wild card, just like the Houston Texans or Oilers, as I called them earlier, they are going with Iquanu, the tackle. And I think you can't hate it because they need to start protecting whoever their franchise quarter is going to be. Quarterback. I love me some icky, icky. <laughs> I love some icky, the icky. And I don't want to make it sound like I don't like Davis Mills because, I mean, honestly, he surprised a lot of people last year. It's just another one of those teams that there's like a hole everywhere. Like, I, I don't know if you can look at any position on this team and be like, oh, we're good to go. You know what I mean? Like, there's just like there's nothing hardly. And when you have that type of roster, no matter who you throw in here at number three, I, I don't think it's going to make that big of a an immediate difference. So in my perspective, build the offensive line and then go out from there and, and take an arguably one of the best in this draft. I don't, I don't hate that. Yeah. And I've, I've been reading a lot recently, uh, especially for my buddies down in Houston. There's a lot of talk saying that the, uh, the Texans do love them some sauce Gardner. So Gardner at number three would not Mm. surprise me either. Oh, and I think that would be a mistake for them because what does sauce give you at this point? I like building in the trenches when you're on ground floor of a roster rebuild anyway, but Number four, the Jets. This is where it all gets interesting. It's going to unfold. And Chris has got Sauce Gardner, and I don't like it. Keep him out of the AFC East. God damn it. Unless he's in Buffalo, but you can't hate it, man. (laughs) Sauce Gardner to the Jets. I I mean, uh, this sounds like a broken record, but with all of these young quarterbacks, I mean, we talked about Trevor Lawrence at one, and now we got Zach Wilson here. They need more protection. Now, obviously, they brought in Lakin Tomlinson. They have a, a decent offensive line i guess you could say but there's a hole sitting right there at right tackle uh, i i'm not a huge george fant fan uh, i would love to see more protection for zach wilson because i know we've talked about this before zach wilson at the end of 2021 really started to show some improvements in his game and if we're not going to give him more offensive weapons really we need to make sure he, we protect him as much as we can to give him a little bit of an opportunity to find what he does have down the field. So I would prefer once again, offensive lineman. And I know that's like a broken record, but especially with these young quarterbacks, I think if you ignore the offensive line too much, uh, when there is a great player sitting there on the board, I mean, we haven't talked about Evan Neal yet. You know what I mean? That, to me, that would be a slam dunk. And I, I wouldn't hate that either. 
Yeah, I, I like. I mean, I, I like what they have at left tackle right now with Makai Becton. Yeah, you know, I think they definitely can shore up that right side of the line absolutely. But where they have his blind side protected, I'm I okay with them kind of going with you know something that I mean right, right now if you look at last year the Jets I mean whether it was defensive line or secondary they were bottom three in the league in pass yards allowed rushing yards allowed I mean they were just absolutely abysmal on defense so I think if you can kind of build that up a little bit then you can look at those other secondary positions kind of later on in the draft a little bit of a twist I saw today that Mekhi Becton may have played his last game as a New York Yet. I oh. don't know the reason, um, but I just saw that report and I was like, wow, but why? And uh, I don't know what's going on. So if that changes things, well, then it definitely could change things. Back to yeah, Evan exactly. Neal. We were I don't know talking how, about yeah, there you go. But <laughs> yeah, we, right? I don't know. I, I don't Great know how true it, number four, Evan yeah. Neal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how true the Becton thing is because, you know, everyone's talking smack right now. But New York Giants pick next and they're taking Evan Neal, which is slam dunk, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think that's the best pick for them. I, I can't. I can't argue that one really either. I mean, they've made, you know, some improvements there on the offensive line with Feliciano and Glowinski, but they're not like next level. And I mean, if you're going to keep Saquon Barkley like you are, you might as well try to open up a hole or two for the guy every once in a while. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the Giants have a couple of picks, you know, here in the top 10. So, you know, whether it was, you know, a defensive position or offensive lineman, I think Neil right here, best player available, you go with him. Like I said, trench building is not, you know, sexy, but it's safe and it's it's lovely. So, I mean, the Carolina Panthers at number six, you got to go with Kenny Pickett, the small handed Kenny Pickett. And I mean, the glove wearing small hands of Kenny. It's interesting because, I mean, I'm flirting with the idea, as you know, I, I said before, I didn't I don't think that they're going to go QB just because Matt rules on the hot seat. But what if they do go QB, whether it be Kenny or Howell, and say, last-ditch effort, I'm going to get this rookie to win me six games, give me one more season? And I kind of feel that that's what's going to happen. I just have yet to find a way to buy into Kenny Pickett. Like, I just can't – I don't. I can't look at his – other than his hand size and, and really say of anything that he's really not great at. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's above average in almost everything. He's a solid quarterback. I just don't know if that's enough for Carolina. Like, I don't know if it's to me, he seems like a little bit like, eh, we'll, we'll take him. He's a little bit safe for us. I'm still a Sam Howell guy. I mean, you got Malik Willis here who I would not like that situation for him. Cause he would be thrust into the starting role immediately, which I do not want to have happen. I think Sam Howell, in my opinion, is probably one of the most, you know, ready to start week one. He's a North Carolina guy born and raised here. I believe. I mean, he's just somebody who makes sense to me in Carolina, but I have seen the Kenny Pickett name all over here. I saw a report earlier that if Sauce is on the board, they could pair him up with J.C. Horn here. Hmm. The defense on the on the defensive side of the football, they're fine in Carolina. Yep. I don't think they need to do a whole lot on defense. They need to focus on the offensive side of the football. And when you look at the offensive side of the football, you still have D.J. Moore. You got Christian McCaffrey. You, you got some playmakers out there. Uh, I, I'm still not off the Terrace Marshall bandwagon. You need a quarterback which one is it going to be? I mean, it could be one of those things where it's just, it's a toss up. We're sitting here looking at Pickett, Howell, Willis, and they just, they surprise us. Yeah. Because, because rules on the hot seat, you know, I don't think they go with somebody like, like a Desmond Ritter, you know, no. or a Malik Willis, because it's going to take, take a time. few years for them to develop. Pickett and Howell are the most pro ready quarterbacks right now in this class. Right. I personally prefer Pickett over Howell. And I actually had them graded just about the same, you know, in our scouting reports. Um, 
I think for Carolina, their biggest deficiency is their offensive line right now. It was, I think that they do go quarterback because rule wants to show that he can win with, you know, his guy, Mm -hmm. but offensive line, whether it's tackle or guard, that's where Carolina really needs to shore things up. Kenny's tape did impress me as I went through a lot of it. And I get it. We talked about it. His young receiver, Addison definitely took a lot of pressure off of him, but Kenny's an interesting one. Very uh, difficult wild card to to decipher. That's for sure. We got the New York Giants at number seven and they're going Walker time. There's your trench building going what Evan Neal and Walker. I can't hate it whatsoever. You get two top players in the trenches, defensive line, offensive line. I'm good with it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense for him, right? I I think it could be one of those things where one of these other names that we talked about, Sauce Gardner, somebody sitting there right now, I think that they could feel a little bit of pressure to go that direction, but uh, I don't think it would be the smartest, and I'm hoping that with the new regime there that they're a little bit more smarter than in, in past years. Yeah, I think with the Giants, you know, this is kind of this this spot here had edge rusher written all over it, whether it was Trayvon Walker or Jermaine Johnson, you know, kind of whichever one they personally prefer. I, I like Walker a little bit more than Johnson, but I think, you know, offensive line, defensive line, that's where you got to start with this team. Yeah, I, I like Walker over Johnson as well. I think it's a good pick. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons, the Dirty Birds. They're going Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, and I'm just in love with this pick. I've seen it mocked a few times elsewhere, mm-hmm. and I think Wilson to Atlanta is just gorgeous. I I love the fact that it's just a wide receiver at this point. Yeah. We need somebody <laughs> to catch a football in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 can, I can't sit here and say that I'd be disappointed with almost anybody that's a wide receiver here. I mean, we're starting to see all these film and these tapes come out of Jamison Williams, and I'm I'm trying mm. very hard to not like get overly excited too early because I get excited, get excited, get overly excited because of the player. I'm talking about how quickly he's coming back. Yeah, yeah. Because it just seems oh, like yeah, it's like okay, yeah. I was not expecting it to be at this level, two this, months. Yeah, this yeah. quickly, and I'm trying so hard to not be like, no, sorry, this needs to be Jamison Williams because I understand with the injury that he's coming off of. But man, if that dude is healthy. I will take Jamison Williams as my number one option here at the wide receiver position in the draft. But I understand I, I can't sit here and say anything negative about the pick. Just because we don't know yeah. yet. Right, right, right. But I think, yeah, wide receiver is kind of 100%. I mean, Atlanta has, they, they have holes everywhere, but wide receiver, you need someone to go along with Kyle Pitts and not let him get double teamed every single game. And they have okay. spent a lot of first round picks lately on the offensive line that haven't exactly panned out. They're going to have to try to find something to give. Marcus Mariota a, a chance because at least he's somewhat mobile. And if the offensive line breaks down, we got to find somebody that can get open. Mariota time. You guys know, I love me some Mariota. Man. I don't hate him. Get, gets my juices flowing. Like but I don't think crazy. he's in a position to succeed right now. Either. No, he's, he's not. He's going to have to Poor throw guy. himself. Yeah. Number nine, the Seattle Seahawks from the Broncos. You got him with your golden boy, Derek Stingley. And, and I, we love some Stingley, man. If it's freshman Stingley, Good God almighty, it could be the resurrection of Deion Sanders' primetime 2.0. Sorry, Deion, I'm not trying to disrespect. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if I put him that high yet. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm playing. I don't, don't quote me on that. I, just, okay, I say good. stupid things sometimes. That's okay. I mean, it's another one of those teams that they have a lot of holes, right? I mean, what's going to happen post-Russell Wilson? Uh, there's, there's not a, a clear answer this year, but I don't think that they're a team that is quarterback uh, looking in the draft. I mean, they got Drew Locke. They got Geno Smith. I mean, heck, if they really are that worried, they can go out there and get Baker Mayfield for next to nothing right now. I mean, I don't think it's something that they they look at right this second, but they know they're not going to get Jimmy G in division, so that's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't hate this pick right here. It gives them a playmaker in the secondary. Yeah, and, and biggest concern with Stingley, injuries. You know, yep. that's the the biggest knock, but if he can stay healthy, he, will, he would be the steal of the drafts at number nine. 
I agree. And you're going to make some people mad in New York, Chris, because I mean, Jermaine Johnson, number 10 to the Jets. And I mean, defense and offensive line isn't what, you know, sells tickets, man. How I promote this to the fan base, even though I like it, I think it's okay. But so the reason why I like Jermaine Johnson to the Jets um, now, granted, you know, last week on the, on the show, we talked about the potential of Sauce Gardner and Kyle Hamilton to the Jets. But the Jets were like bottom three, bottom five in sacks generated last year. They just weren't able to really get after the quarterback. And they also weren't able to really stop the run. So I think for them, they need someone that can get after the quarterback, create some pressure. I think Johnson's also someone that can help in run defense as well. So I think he just kind of answers a lot of different questions for you from a defensive side of the ball, because that's where the Jets really need to improve is just focus on that defense right now. To me, it feels like he's like a... I don't want to say a safe pick, but I don't know if he's difference maker, but I think he's an upgrade and he's going to provide, he's going to fill a need for them. Like, I don't, I don't look at him and be like, okay, that's going to totally change the dynamic of this defense. And they're going to be stopping the run. Like I can't say, I I don't feel that way, but I I think it, it fills a need to the point to where it makes their team overall better. If that makes sense. Yeah. And you know how I see Johnson this year is kind of like last year's Gregory Russo. I think he kind of is that type of dude where I was unsure about Russo myself as a Bills fan, didn't really care for the pick. And then, you know, come OTAs, come training camp, you just couldn't take the guy off the field and he turned out to be a starter. I think that's kind of what you're going to get from Johnson. Number 11, the Washington commies. And I mean, they're going Kyle Hamilton and I can't hate this whatsoever. You get yourself a, you know, they've been dying for a guy like this since the the tragedy of Sean Taylor. And I think, you know, it's a good one to have. Not saying he's going to be Sean Taylor, but I think it's, you know, a very nice pick for the for the commies. 100%. I, I love Kyle Hamilton. I think he's he's somebody that can go out there, I believe, and like kind of lead a defense. You know what I mean? And I, we got a bunch of young studs on this defense that really just needs a little bit more identity. Um, yeah, they just need like they like it just seems like they bring it sometimes and sometimes it's just not there. I feel like he's somebody that can kind of help bring them all together. I like I love Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, this is a team again that has a lot of different holes. Chaus, I know you probably wish that they would go receiver here at yes. number eleven yes. to pair with 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 scary Terry. Um, I and I mean there were there's literally there's a wide receiver, a corner, a safety, even a linebacker that they could go with here at number eleven to fill fill those needs. I think with Hamilton though, best player available, you know. You get a you get a top five, top three talent in the league at number twelve, or sorry, have, number eleven. Hands hands down. We have a little bit of breaking news, and our own breaking oh. news analyst Kyle has wanted to get into the the room here. Uh, we have a player signing. Oh, so hold on one second. Let me get him in here. A player signing. Who the hell signed? That Kyle, you're, what what is going on, Mister Breaking News? Are you there, Kyle? Kyle. Still, he, he's still connecting to audio. Connect that Kyle, audio, Kyle. Kyle Rapsheet. Here we go. Breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to stop in real quick to let you know that the Denver Broncos are re-signing two-time Pro Bowler Melvin Gordon. No. That's not good, man. You come in and you blow up the spot with news like that. Shit. That is not good news. Did he, Kyle just leave after he said that? He did. No, he I'm here. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I was going to say, he just bowed out. He popped in. I didn't see him. I mean, we're, we're, I don't want to like interrupt the whole mock draft here, but that breaking news, that sucks for Javante Williams. That sucks a lot. 
All right, I, I'm going to go lay back down and try to go to sleep since I have to be on a plane and uh, I don't know, 10 hours. Not even nice. 10 hours. Not even 10 hours. That would be eight hours. Seven hours, Liz. eight hours. Okay, whatever. Well, see, that's how tired I am. I don't even Ma- know what time it is. And is I still hard. have to upload my video for tomorrow. So awesome. It's hard. Yeah. Well, thanks for the breaking news. <laughs> Safe right, travels. Welcome. Later. Later. Man. Oh, that, that sucks. news sucks. Wow, that really sucks. I don't like that at all. So much for Javante season, hey? I mean, I still think Javante leads this backfield. I agree. I, I think that they... We, we saw it towards the towards the second half, you know, of last yes. season, so... I, I think he still leads him in touches. It just limits the ceiling tremendously. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Actually, you know what, though? The, I don't know, man, because maybe they see Ross has been in the kitchen cooking a little too much. He's got a little bit too much flab on the flabbiness, and... Uh-oh. They want to run a little bit more. I don't know. I don't think that's it. I, I so mean, either. Russ also hasn't been running. A, <laughs> Russ hasn't been running a lot the last few years anyway. No, he hasn't, but I don't like it. That sucks. He I don't like ruined. it either. I'm not, I'm not a fan of this. Ruined my mojo as we were going through this wonderful mark. God but God. hey, we ended on Kyle Hamilton, right? Yes, we did. So okay. number 12, there you go, man. Minnesota, they go Trent McDuffie. And I love it because uh, they need a top corner like a fat kid needs cake. I like cake. I Me love too. cake. I can't. Cake is good. Cake is amazing. So yeah, uh, I agree. That's got to be one of their biggest needs. I mean, Patrick Peterson is not what he used to be, right? They they need an upgrade there. I I love me some Pat P P squared. You're my boy and all, but you ain't what you were ten years ago. So uh, Trent McDuffie, not not a bad choice. Yeah, I think McDuffie is definitely the the play here because. I mean, other positions I had as their need were tight end, uh, offensive guard. I think it's a little bit too early, you know, to mm-hmm. go where, to go with somebody like a Kenyon Green or a Zion Johnson, who I have later on in the draft. So I think right now you take that next best, you know, available need and player. I think McDuffie's a great fit. What if? Can I just say a what if? Does, Does it Minnesota- have to do with your bills? No, no, no. It's okay. about Minnesota. Come on, man. You know, just give me a break. <laughs> Jamison Williams to Minnesota. Who says no? And and you kind of turn into what the Bengals did Correct. with Higgins, Chase. Correct. Okay. Who who says no? Because I don't. I mean, they they also need to kind of shore up their offensive line a little bit. They still need that secondary. So I would Screw say maybe the their offensive defense, line. Maybe their Burrow made no. it to the Super Bowl. So did Cincinnati when they took Chase. We said the same thing about them needing to shore up their offensive line too. Correct. I mean, they didn't, but they didn't win. You say that, and like the inner NFL fan inside of me was like, "Hell yeah!" You know, what I mean, like that's amazing. Oh yeah, is it the smartest idea? I mean, probably not. <laughs> but I mean, if you had, we know Thielen's getting older and he can't stay healthy. Sure. And then Justin Jefferson and Jamison Williams, Good and Lord, even if dude. Williams starts slow, you still have the other oh. two studs. Plus, you still have KJ Osborne. Good Lord. And Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook. Good Lord. I mean, you're even, you're, you might even, even have fair. a better, you might have a better tandem than even the Bengals have with Chase and, and uh, Higgins and Boyd and Mixon. Okay. Uh, I'm on board. I'm in. I'm in. Thank Let's do you. Jameson Williams yes. to Minnesota. Let's do it. Yes. Here, you know what? Chaus, helping y'all. I'm glad you said that because 12 and 13 with Minnesota and Houston, we're just going to swap their picks. All right. There you go. Okay. We'll do that. So where's uh, Houston has Jameson Williams and uh, that, yeah, we'll swap <laughs> those two and. We'll just move and, right along. And so the reason why I, t- I put Jameson Williams to Houston, I honestly think that Houston should probably trade back later into the first round or even the second if they can. Because at 13, they're not going to be able to get the top edge rusher that they want. 
I don't think they're going to go offensive tackle because I already had them taking one at number three, which is another big need for them. Um, yeah, maybe they go Daxton Hill at safety, but Kyle Hamilton's already off the board. So I think Jameson Williams, you take you know a top receiver, you get a weapon for your young quarterback and Davis Mills, who you may or may not believe in, but at least give him a weapon to pair along with Brandon Cooks and see if maybe Mills can help you out. I don't hate it. I don't hate it whatsoever. Houston needs everything, and Jamison would fit in. I just don't like Houston, so I don't want Jamison there. That's why I kind of so Jamison to Minnesota and McDuffie yeah. to Houston. Done. That, that done. Swap it. Let's do it. Swap it. <laughs> done. Pick is in. Yeah, the done trade, man. Trade Baltimore at number fourteen. They go Tyler Linderbaum, and I mean, this is just glorious. I mean, I never thought in my days that I would talk up a center the way I do Linderbaum. <laughs> But I mean, he is like the the perennial Hall of Fame center that you're looking for. Uh, I'm a huge fan just because of his skill set. Is there a player or a position on the NFL field that gets less respect that is the most important than the center? Punter, maybe. I don't. I mean, punters, hey, I feel, look at look at Pat McAfee. Yeah, true. he gets love. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like true, the center true. has to be. Yeah. Long it's snapper, maybe. Long snapper, yeah. But I mean, yeah. technically, he's the center. <laughs> you know what I mean? Long so, snapper is the poor man's center. You know what uh, I mean? So it's just like, man, like, I, I agree. I think it's a very important position. This makes a whole lot of sense. It's just, it's not going to make any fan bases go crazy. No, it won't. No. And it reminds me a lot of last year when the Chiefs took Creed Humphrey at yes. center. Yes. Big, he had big, a mullet, though, game, so that's got to give him more points. <laughs> Agreed. Dude had Agreed. a mullet. Mullet gives points, man. We know what Gardner <laughs> Minshew, every Minshew mania, you know how it works. The Eagles, man, at 15 from Miami, they go Drake, London, USC, and I'm all for it. They need a big time, big body wide receiver for Hurts. I don't, I still don't understand why people want to continue to bring up the stupid narrative. Dude can't separate. Dude isn't fast. Like, shut up. Like, quit using what somebody else said at one point. Is the guy the second coming of Randy Moss? No, but he could definitely fill a Mike Evans-ish type role and be very productive in the NFL. So a lot of people out there will have these lazy arguments. I just don't see it with Drake London. Yeah, he's not. Is he going to be Randy Moss? Probably not. No. Is he also in Keel Harry? No. So no. all of you dummies who pumped out in Keel Harry a few years ago on Facebook, you can just settle <laughs> down right now. Is he like Alshon Jeffrey? Look in the mirror, Chris, <laughs> before you talk <laughs> bad about yourself. But no, yeah. I, I think Drake London's, I mean, I, we talked about in the scouting report, you know, Jake yeah, just yeah. touched on it right now. Shades of Mike Evans with his size, like, and for his size, he has good speed. Is it breakaway crazy speed? Of course not. No, the no. guy's a monster, but he has great, great hands. He can separate. He can run routes. He has good enough speed. Fine pick. Definitely needed in Philadelphia. That's for sure. 16, the New Orleans from Indy through Philly. They're going with Charles Cross, offensive tackle. And, I mean, again, here they're in a situation where they need help and assistance in a lot of places. Cross yeah. is good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's time to start doing the right thing and the smart thing here, and Cross makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like Cross. I think, he's, I think like I said earlier, I think he's the best pass-blocking tackle in this draft. I think he has some areas of opportunity elsewhere, but I do think that, you know, he'll be able to at least help to – protect Jameis Winston for as long as Winston is the starting quarterback. Yeah, man. Losing Armstead, you need to fill that void. So definitely it does make sense. Number 17, the Los Angeles Chargers going in the same direction. They got to protect Mr. Herbie because they don't have a lot of holes. And like I said last week, I do believe the Chargers will win this division. They're going with Zion Johnson. That first name is awesome. It's not Zion Williamson, right? No. 
Even no, because this this Zion's actually going to be playing. He, I was going to say this one Correct. actually will play time in professional sports, yeah. right? Correct. Yeah. yeah, I I agree. I I don't dislike the pick whatsoever. It feels a need. It's something that you know they desperately need it to get. So yeah, for sure, I, I don't hate that one whatsoever. Yeah, there were a lot of different directions they could go here. Whether it's Zion Johnson, um, I mean Trevor Penning, Kenyon Green, there there are a handful of guys they could go with, but the offensive line is an absolute need for them. I might say penning over Zion at this point, but I mean, you yep. can't hate the offensive guard. They definitely need the, the help. 18 Philly second pick from the New Orleans Saints. You're going a little bit of reach here going to Axton Hill safety for Michigan. Look at you reaching for the for the Eagles love here. I know I didn't I didn't want to go another wide receiver, you know, which is another which is obviously need for them. Cornerback is a need, but I don't think that they go in that direction here i like daxton hill because not only can he play safety but he can also play that nickel cornerback position as well so he's very versatile so i think they can move him around the field quite a bit i think it's one of those where i i don't hate it i i I don't necessarily love it but i i can't tell you why i don't love it other than it's just it's so hard because like when you think about it you're like how how do we how do we draft a wide receivers in the first round in back-to-back years? And then we come here and we still need a damn wide receiver. You know what I mean? And like that's the problem that, right. And, and you don't know what the future is with Jalen hurts. It's obvious that they're not overly committed to him. If you're unsure of what your future holds, sure. This feels a need and indefinite need. I just don't know if it helps them figure out what it is that they're going to become. And that's, that's just kind of where I, I'm sure I get it. I understand it. I mean, this is the smarter option, I believe, but I still think that they need to ship Rager out somewhere else and get another wide receiver. I'm telling you, I don't even know if Howie Rosen knows exactly what this team needs. Probably not. Because <laughs> I have no yeah. clue. But yeah. yet he he makes fabulous <laughs> trades for the picks that he sucks at. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Something, something's messed up in Philly. New Orleans with their second pick at 19 from the Eagles. They go Chris Olave. My man, Chris Olave. And that's, you know, I just, I, I like it if, the Saints were functional. If, if it was a, not a dysfunctional <laughs> team at the moment, I would love it for Olave. Bring Drew Brees back, and then, you know, then you'll see me dance in joy because Olave's my guy. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those things, like you just said, like you love the player, but as soon as he heads into the situation, not interested anymore. You know what I mean? And I hate that because there's a few situations like that in the NFL, but right now we touched on it earlier when we were talking about Alvin Kamara and stuff. It's just, I, I just don't. I don't see the direction of the saints and I don't know if they know the direction because they probably still don't know about Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and everything else. So it's kind of like adding another weapon to a team that doesn't really need another weapon. Like there's just other things that they need to fix before they, they go to wide receiver. Yeah. And I was, I, I searched for long snappers all day long. I couldn't find the right one for this pick. So I was like, you know what? We're going to go with receiver. Olave is a smart choice, obviously for them. They need more help, but I just, they need a lot of help. And unfortunately, I think Olave is just going to be a temporary band-aid and hopefully it doesn't screw him over in his career. They, they went from one of my favorite to watch because of Drew Brees and how they played to now. It's like, God, turn the channel when they're on because they're just ugly. Number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going with the behemoth of a human and Jordan Davis. And this would be ridiculous because, I mean, you put a guy like Davis right in the middle with a TJ Watt. Um Hello, TJ Watt. You're going to break uh, the sack record next season. I love Jordan Davis. Right? How do you not? Love Jordan Davis. But I have a feeling if we get to this point of the draft and Malik Willis is still sitting on the board, that Pittsburgh goes for him. Yep. 
it just yep. I just have that feeling that that seems like something that Pittsburgh would do. And we've had some Pittsburgh fans here the last couple of weeks saying, oh, we don't need a project. Well, you need something because I don't think, you know, Mitchie Biscuits is the future and you didn't plan very well with Mason Rudolph. So you got Mitchie Biscuits for this year. You're good. Bring in Malik Willis. Let him sit. It's the perfect situation for him to not be rushed into a certain scenario where he has to play week one. I think personally, Malik Willis makes a lot of sense for the Steelers. You got a big arm quarterback. You got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, the Muth. You got options with Najee Harris in the backfield. I think that I don't think Malik Willis gets past Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh takes him here if he's even still on the board. If he's on the board, yes. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and with Jordan Davis in this pick here, I decided to put him here because number one, I think Jordan Davis goes sooner than number 20. I don't know exactly where, but I would not be surprised if he's already off the board at this point. And Pittsburgh was, last year, Pittsburgh gave up the most rushing yards per game. I think Davis will help shore up that interior defensive line. You have Watt on the outside rushing the passer. Um, it's interesting because I think that, you know, Trubisky gives them a little bit of a uh, a bridge, you know, quarterback. So if they do go with someone like Willis, you know, give someone that it gives them time to develop and really be able to take over this team. So I think Davis, you know, is my pick, but I also would not be surprised or even hate Malik Willis at number 20 here. Yeah, man, it's a it's a big move for a defense. And we know Pittsburgh's loves their defense. And I just noticed, I'm not going to say it. Maybe I should say it. You only got one quarterback going in this first. Oh, round. I was, I was just going to say that. That yep. is bold, sir. I'm just going to throw it out there. I think my mic just peaked. And I just I'm, blew I'm still going Here to say it. if there was a line set at three and a half for quarterbacks taken on the first round, I would take the yeah. under. Okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. Maybe it's not this, un, this way under with one, but <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. We'll go to your new England Patriots, even though we don't need to talk about them. You got them cheating again and getting Devin Lloyd. I don't. I did this on purpose, yes. You son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, he's awesome, and I'm not yeah. happy with this pick at all. And it's what the Patriots need. I mean, a linebacker that can rush the quarterback because they lost Chase Winovich when they traded him away. He was great at pass rushing. It also gives them someone that can actually be a coverage linebacker, which they haven't had in years. So it gives them a little bit of the best of both worlds and someone that can really lead this defense. He just seems like somebody that kind of fits – the Patriots style. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He just seems to fit the overall Patriot type of way. And I hate to say that, but I mean, he's doesn't he just don't promote it, man. We don't uh, need no more promotion. I mean, I'm not even talking about his talent. It's just him as a player, as a I dude, he seems like he just fits it. And it makes a lot of sense. I get it. My analysis is always unbiased. No matter how much I hate it. I think it would be a great fit for Devin Lloyd because he is and how I call it, he's not Patrick Willis, but he will give you the same productivity of a Patrick Willis, in my opinion. He's mm -hmm. not good. Green Bay at 22 from the Las Vegas Raiders, and they go Traylon Burks, and I can't hate this whatsoever because, I mean, as much as A-Rod ha hates his rookie uh, wide receivers, I think Burks would be an instantaneous fit and a dynamo on this offense. He would have to be a fit because there's no one else to really play wide receiver. Sammy there. Watkins. No, like I said, exactly. there's still nobody else to play <laughs> wide receiver there. That's really worth a crowd. I mean, I know we like ourselves some Amari Rogers, but it doesn't look like he's going to get a chance at all. Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously wide receiver is a huge need. The part that just worries me with Aaron Rodgers and a rookie wide receiver is that learning curve to start with. And if Traylon yep. Burks makes one mistake, 
Aaron Rodgers will no longer look at him. And that's what worries me because it's a a team with arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time that will write off a receiver in a heartbeat. It just may be one of those things where, man, he makes a mistake. We may not hear from him much anymore. Yeah, I I think with, with Green Bay, they've got two picks here in the first. So I think one of them you can use on a wide receiver. Uh, here at 22, I think they, they could go in a couple of other different directions. They could go tackle with somebody like a Trevor Penning. I think they could go edge rusher if they wanted to with, uh, with, uh, Karlaftis from Purdue. They have a couple other edge rushers they could go with here, but yeah, I think, you know, Burks being on the board, this is kind of around where he's, you know, projected to go anyway. So I think, I think 22 with green Bay, as long as he doesn't screw up and, and lose that trust of Rogers. I think he's that good. I think he'll fit in very well. I, I would I would not be shocked to see Penning go here first and then them go for a wide receiver at 28, but Burks yeah. is a stud. 23, your Arizona Cardinals, Jake. They go George Carl Aftis from Purdue, and they need some uh, edge rushing presence because, I mean, so Lost long Chandler, Chandler Jones. Jones. Yeah, and J.J. Watt gets hurt a lot. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard because, like, this is a team that had – so much potential and it's like the their window is it's not being like pushed closed but it's like almost just like the window's almost just falling apart like it's like a window whose like window frame is rotting you know what i mean yeah. it's just like it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for as much talent as they have and now they've lost chandler jones they lost linebacker jordan hicks and they have holes all over the place now what's going to happen on the offensive side of the football you only really got james connor in the backfield i mean Obviously, they're going to need to rush the passer in the division that they're going to be in. They're going to have to put pressure on the quarterbacks to have a chance every single year or every single week. So I don't hate that. I mean, from a fantasy football perspective, I could see things a little bit different, but that's probably not what's going to happen in a real NFL type of type of draft scenario. Yeah, with with him, for me, like my top needs for for the Cardinals, I had edge rusher, corner and wide receiver. So it was kind of like, okay, well, who do you take here? And I was like, well. Let's stick with the defense for now. Well, I mean, all the big name wide receivers are pretty much off the board already, right? I mean, we got Jamison Williams gone. We got Burks gone. London, Burks, we got Olave gone. Olave. London's gone. I mean, so all the other big name guys are pretty much gone by this point. If Jamison Williams falls here, though, I think the Cardinals oh, go Jamison Williams. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 100%. Hands down. 100%. We got now the Dallas Cowboys at 24. You got them going penning, and I, I'm, I'm a huge penning fan. Mm. Like I said, if you guys didn't see him at the Senior Bowl, he was just a manhandler. And, I mean, you needed to call the police. Was he manhandling floppy meat? Floppy meat all over the field. I mean, he was Fratching just checking the left meat. and right. That's it, man. It, it was so good. And, I mean, the only argument I'm going to say here is Dallas has been showing that they are picking best player available at every time they're on the board. Uh, these last recent, uh, what, couple drafts, I think if Nicobe Dean is, is still here, I think they go Nicobe Dean because they want to put Parsons on the line. You put mm-hmm. Nicobe Dean back. That is so much damn speed on that defense. Good Lord, I might have to be a closet Dallas fan. There's no way I would let you be a closet Dallas fan. Neither would I. I was just saying, uh, you know, just to be nice. I can see the Nicobe Dean flashiness making sense. I don't know if it's as smart as Penning would be. I mean, we used to talk about the offensive line all the time in Dallas, and slowly but surely they're just being dismantled one member at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think readdressing the offensive line with a solid offensive lineman like Penning makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, they, they've lost so many guys to retirement, to injuries. You know, a lot of their offensive linemen are starting to get up there in age, so – you know, start fresh and, and get some new blood in there to protect 
your very, very expensive franchise quarterback. Yep. Can't hate it because you got to protect, man. 25 by Buffalo Bills, baby. Bills Mafia in the house. And I got to love it because Andrew Booth just fell to our hands and our laps. And I love it because we desperately need a defensive back, too. I've been screaming for this since last year. Excuse me, but we are seeing rumor that, you know, potentially if, if a guy like Booth is not here and all the DBs are gone, we could see a Brees Hall land in Buffalo, and I hope that they trade back if that's the case. Get some extra picks, get Brees if Booth is not here, but I love the Booth pick. Thank you, Chris. They're going to take Brees Hall. Ooh. Over Booth. I just... Um... Now, what if they trade back into, like, say, the early second and then grab Hall and accumulate some more picks? One way I'm or another, Brees Hall is going to be a bill at the end of this draft. I'm okay with it. I I, I like Brees Hall. It just, you know what? If if Booth is there, I, I'd prefer Booth. That's because you're smart. Correct. <laughs> but you also have a team that is... Still smart. Yeah, but I mean, there's not like you can look at it and be like, oh, they got holes all over the place. They need to fit. Like, they're really... At this point, they're really just kind of stock in the cupboard you know what i mean like there's not like a glaring need to worry oh my gosh what are we going to do here yeah booth would be a great pick but i the only argument i'll say to that is because of how tyree cooked us and and we didn't have Tyree's that gonna option. cook you anyway i get it but i mean he's gonna cook we, booth it doesn't it, matter i get it but i mean if we had if we had trey white on the field it still would have happened and we need somebody else with some speed and ability that you can actually mix and match your zone coverage i want a defensive back here if he's gone if booth is gone everybody else is gone like we said right to this point and then trade back with the lions at 32 or jaguars at 33 stack some picks and give me Brees hall i'm okay with it yeah yeah Tennessee at 26. They're going with offensive guard green. And I mean, they need line help because the Bills stole staff or Saffold. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, if you're going to run the ball through Derrick Henry that many times, you're going to have to open up holes for him. <laughs> and you can't lose stud offensive linemen and not replace them if that's what your game plan is going to be. Yeah, I figured with, you know, with, with all the top cornerbacks, they're off the board. The majority of the top wide receivers are gone. Build that offensive line, you know, and, and go from there. I love it, man. Tampa Bay at 27. They're going Wyatt defensive tackle UGA. And this makes just so much sense because you lost in Dominican Sue. You still got Vita Vea. Get him now a teammate that's on the younger end trajectory, and you're going to dominate still in the run game. I think it's a fabulous pick. I didn't even hear who you said it cut out. Wyatt from UGA. Oh, okay. I was like, I, I didn't hear anything. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's another team, right, that really doesn't have – glaring needs i mean they're stacked all over the place really on both sides of the football but if you can fill a need left there by sue then then it's probably the, the smarter option at this point to to kind of just fill needs because you don't really need quote unquote best player available because you got a lot of best player availables all over the field already yeah i think that if if wyatt is off the board at this point at number 27 and somebody like it Kenyon green is available i think Tampa Bay could go with green but i love the pick with wyatt here Hundred percent, man. Green Bay now at twenty-eight, and following it up, I think Chris uh, smoked a little ganja uh, while he was doing this. He's going back-to-back wide receivers that are rookies yep. for um, Aaron Rodgers. He's going Jahan Dotson, and I love me some Jahan Dotson. I comped him as a Terry McLaurin-esque clone. Um, if these two wide receivers were to dra- be drafted to Green Bay and panned out, good Lord Almighty, they just you know got back to the NFC Championship. I mean, from a looking at it on paper perspective, a hundred percent, I just don't see any way that works with Aaron Rodgers. Like it's, I think he's kind of like the X factor here where 
I, at this point, I don't think they have much of a choice, right? But I don't know if – are you going to go all these years and not give him more weapons and then all of a sudden throw a bunch of rookies at him? Like, I, I get it from a fantasy football perspective. I want that to happen, and I want to see that happen. I think Jahan Dotson, this offense could be amazing. But I, I just don't know if Green Bay all of a sudden makes the splash with two rookie wide receivers in the but first round. is here if he doesn't get the trust of one of these rookie receivers, there's a 50, 50 chance. <laughs> he gets the, the, trust of the other one <laughs> hedging is best man based on trust. Well, you know what though? I would probably go penning and Jahan. That's what I would do. If I was green Bay, I think that would be the smarter choice, but Hey, Chris, your mock. I'm not criticizing. You're doing your, your stuff. You're 29. The chiefs from San Fran through Miami. They're going Christian Watson. And you're the first one in a long time that I've seen put Watson back up in the first round because he's kind of slipping to day two now, even though I think he is a beast and I think he's going to have a fabulous NFL career. Yeah, I, I like Watson here. I, for, I mean, obviously, they're not going to be able to replace the speed that they lost, you know, when, they, when Tyreek Hill left. But I think Watson gives them that size that they need. And they do have a couple of other needs here, but I think that with the top corners gone, I think wide receiver and edge rusher are kind of their top two needs at this point. So, you know, it doesn't matter which one they go for first, but I think Watson at wide receiver. And then with the next pick, I think they go after that edge rusher. I, I just can't get in on Christian Watson. No, hey. I, okay, let me rephrase that. Yes, but not as early as this. Like, okay. I just don't. I get so many different vibes from him of other players than Jalen Rager is who we talked about a while ago. Like, I feel like he fits like the hype all of a sudden where he, he gets all this hype, he gets boosted up in drafts and then he's just a slow starter. And I think that he's being set to have unreal expectations, not just in this mock draft. I'm talking like overall, if you scroll through Twitter for five minutes, there's people out there just acting like this guy's is, is everything. I like the talent. I, I agree that it's a need that I think that they need to fill. I just, me personally, I'm just not, I'm not that high on Christian Watson, not in the first round. I think a lot of it depends on situation also. You know, if he is, let's say if he went to Detroit, you know, I think it would be a much more of an uphill climb, but I think he's, you know, if he goes to a team like Kansas city or a team like Tampa Bay, it sets him up for success early on because of the talent around him, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, I can't hate it, man. I mean, Watson is going to be one of these guys that I think he will eventually develop into that guy. Will he have that quick run? We'll see, but I still like like David Ajabo or somebody there. I think getting him on there. Is that how you say Ajabo? Ajabo. Ajabo. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think that he's a a raw talent still, but I think putting him on the opposite side of Frank Clark would make a lot of sense as well. Yeah, Achilles and all. I get it. I mean, you're going to have some recovery, but I still think uh, he could potentially get and cracked into that first round. Mm But number 30, Kansas City, back-to-back picks. And Chris has to put the guy. I always struggle with his name. Arnold, go ahead. How do you say his last name? Ebiketti. Thank you. I can never Ebiketti. There you go. I'm just Ebiketti. You know, I, lo- I love this dude. I would he's not be good, surprised. Man. If he go- I if he goes, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes higher than this right now. Agreed. He's very good. But yeah, at, at the edge, they need somebody, you know. I mean, that can get up the quarterback, you know, like a Frank Clark. And I think this right here is just a, a great fit for him. Okay, so being that he went here at the next pick, I guess the Ajabo thing didn't make any sense. But you know, I mean, that I 
I agree. But again, edge an rusher. edge rusher, an edge rusher is is definitely where they go. That's where, it's in, now that you it's... have it filled here, I can totally hop back on board. Okay. <laughs> yes. We're good to go. Cincinnati at 31. They go Elam's defensive back from Florida. And I mean, I've seen it, you know, many different times. I even at my first one, my way too early mock, I had Elam going in the first round, have dropped him out ever since. But again, he's that rangy defensive back with height, with skill, with physicality. I do like his game and do not hate him in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is, I guess you can call it a rebuild. They have rebuilt quicker than any team I've ever seen in, in NFL history. history. And they they went from a team having holes everywhere to a team that really just needs a little bit of help in the secondary, and that would be it. Yeah, with this pick, it'd be interesting. I think that they could go Elam. I think they could also go uh, Petre at safety or you know, if they don't want to take either of those guys right here, trade back, you know, get another second round pick and then go after somebody in your secondary. I love it, man. Detroit is the last pick of Chris's mock from Los Angeles pick 32. And he is, you know, Detroit fans go over and give Chris a kiss because he just hooked you guys up, man. He gave you Tibby at number two and he's giving you my guy, Nicole Dean at 32. Good wow. God almighty. There's no way he lasts the 32, by the way. Let's, and I've seen I'd him fall out of the first round. I, I don't know. Too. Yeah. I don't know why people hating on some Nicole. He is fantastic. I, yeah, I would, yeah. I would be shocked. I would probably not watch the second day of the NFL draft. If Nicole Dean fell to 32, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would be shocked now. I mean, we talked about if they want to go, if it were to play out this way, if they, if they got Tibby early, Another team talking about a quarterback, Sam Howell, still would be sitting there based off this mock draft too. So I mean, you could you could find your future quarterback. You got Jared Goff for another year. Sam Howell sits back, learns it. Now all of a sudden you have what? You got Sam Howell, DeAndre Swift, Amon Ra. Do they bring back Chark? They just got brought back Hawkinson for more. I mean, it's a team that's moving in the right direction. Plus they address defense there in the, in the, the number two overall. So I think that can make sense as well. Yeah, in my first mock, I actually did have Sam Howell uh, to Detroit at 32, so yeah. I, I love either pick, absolutely. In my mock draft coming out tomorrow, might have a quarterback going to Detroit too, so hey, will you just stay tuned and go check that shit out on Headliner U because it's Dang. good. Is it Daniel Jones? Does he get traded? It's Daniel Jones, yeah. He gets <laughs> competition. <laughs> Don't with, know uh, what he want, Daniel Jones. Jared Goff, that would be gross, but there it is, baby. Chris's mock draft, whatever. How many is that? That's 1.0 for you, man. You're like the Mike Mayock, only putting out one a year. One and done, baby. And now then I'm going to go destroy an NFL team as GM. I love it. I love it, man. I'm so excited. NFL draft is coming up, man. But I mean, unless you guys got something else, I mean, we can get the hell out of here if you want. No, make sure you leave that five-star review. Send us a screenshot so we can uh, pick a random winner here uh, for our JBL Bluetooth speaker. 110 percent and get in on that live stream we're gonna be going live on youtube on the headliners channel so on the first day of the nfl draft but nevertheless man so on that note that is the show thanks so much for tuning in to all listeners thank you for all the support and we'll see you next time stay safe and be kind to each other i'm out <laughs>